Michael Vonnen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel and the Tolkien Geek. And not too long ago, Joyston over at the Men of the West Channel did a video in which he described an idea he had for how Arwen could play a bigger role in the Lord of the Rings. And it was a really interesting video, which I'll link in the description below and you should go check out. And it gave me some thoughts of my own, and so I wanted to do a response video to it. Now, I am maybe one of the most purest of the Tolkien purists of all the Tolkien YouTubers out there, so it shouldn't be any surprise, and I'm going to disagree with Yoist in a bit here, but I want to go into exactly why I disagree, and maybe why I think that, you know, to the extent that I do agree with him, there needs to be a different way of going about it. So, first I'm going to explain kind of his theory, in case you don't want to go watch his whole video, although it's pretty short, so you really should. And I'm going to show where I do agree with him, and then I'm going to get into where I disagree with him, and go from there. So Yoiston's idea is basically that when, in the book, Halbarad and the rest of the Dúnedain meet Aragorn in Rohan with Eladon and Elrohir, Arwen's brothers, they should have, they could have also brought Arwen with them, and this would give Arwen a bigger role in the story. And you know, the reason for this, of course, is that Arwen in the book plays a very, very minor role. We get very little of her in the book. Basically, we get a brief glimpse of her at the, at the uh, not the Council of Elrond itself, but the feast before the Council of Elrond, and then we don't really hear much of anything from her again until the very end of the book where she comes in and marries Aragorn, and then in the appendices we get the tale of Aragorn and Arwen, which goes much more into their backstory and explains how they met their romance over the years and that sort of thing. So in the story itself... Arwen plays almost no role, and Yoiston has this criticism of the book that Arwen plays too little role, and we should have gotten more of her. And that's one area where I kind of do agree with him. I wish we could have gotten more of Arwen, and he points out reasons why this kind of happens. In the very early drafts of the story, Aragorn was actually going to end up getting together with Eowyn, and then that changed, and then Arwen, as Aragorn's future bride, becomes a very late addition to the story and therefore kind of has to be plugged back into scenes at Rivendell and things of that nature. So that's why we see so little of her in part. And Yoiston's idea is that she can come with the Dúnedain and her brothers to Rohan to meet Aragorn and therefore will be with him through the Paths of the Dead at Pelargir and in Minas Tirith after the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. And part of his reasoning for this is he says that, you know, you could have her uh, be with him for this period and that'll kind of add to his sense of, you know, what, what his burden is and his destiny. And she'll also start to kind of gather the, the goodwill of the people of Gondor such that they start to see her as their queen just as they start to see Aragorn as their king, such as at Pelargir. And then in Minas Tirith, she might engage in, you know, helping Aragorn heal people or tending to the wildlife or not-so-wildlife, you know, flowers and such. And therefore, she starts to get, you know, a public approval rating, so to speak, in Gondor before she comes and gets married to Aragorn. And there are certainly valuable 
aspects to this, and I agree with him to the extent that, you know, that would kind of give her a little more of a, you know, entrance that gives her a little more sway in Gondor, so to speak. He also argues that her and Eowyn being able to meet might give Eowyn a different perspective on Aragorn and give her a better idea of why Aragorn is not, you know, falling in love with her because he's already got his love interest and it's, you know, it's it's something that's a very different and very high above her, in a sense, type of romance because Arwen is, you know, let's face it, she's one of the greatest elves of her time, even though we see very little of her, just because of her lineage, and there's something very unique about her. Meanwhile, Arwen could see Eowyn and learn pity for, you know, the mortal humans and such, and he kind of goes into that a little bit. And while I do agree with him that Arwen, you know, could definitely pity Eowyn, I'm not so convinced about the reverse of that, that Eowyn is going to see Arwen and that'll kind of change her own view of Aragorn, but I'll get into that in a bit. So that's basically Yoiston's idea. He doesn't go into a ton of detail on it because he realizes like you, like the story isn't going to change much if Arwen shows up there. It's just, there'd be minor effects, but it might have a little bit of an interesting impact on, let's say the human element of the story. And I agree with him as far as that goes. But now I want to get into why I disagree with some of his points and why I think that having Arwen show up in this way would not be a good way of adding her as a greater role in the story. So to a couple of his specific points, let me start with the Eowyn idea, that Eowyn, you know, seeing Arwen recognizes this, you know, very high being that Arwen is and understands, you know, Aragorn better and you know, learns to accept, you know, why Aragorn isn't going to, you know, be with Eowyn. I kind of suspect that's not really how it would go. I And this is not to denigrate the character of Eowyn, but I suspect Eowyn in that circumstance might actually just get jealous of Arwen because Eowyn in, in this part of the story, and again, not to like, make her out to be a bad character or anything, but she's not in a good headspace. She, you know, what we learn about her in the book is that she, she desires a love with Aragorn because it would elevate her, and she's kind of tired of being, you know, this person who waits on the doting king of, of not doting, uh, in the dotage of the king of Rohan, because Theoden, for a long time, had been going downhill, and she felt kind of trapped in her situation and so she wants to get out of that and gain glory for herself and that's why she's interested in Aragorn to begin with and having that rejected that is part of the reason why she wants to go to battle so that she can die gloriously and therefore get glory that way so Eowyn prior to meeting Faramir and having her heart turned by him is not in a good headspace and I don't I don't see a realistic way that the story could go if Arwen shows up that that would turn her headspace around before because the reason she kind of sees the light, so to speak, with Faramir is because Faramir is actively in love with her and working on her to turn her around. That's not what Arwen is going to be doing. She's not going to be around Eowyn long enough because Aragorn is very quickly moving from 
you know, Isengard to the Paths of the Dead to Gondor to really work on her. So if anything, I think that would just make her jealous and not really resolve anything. They're not going to spend enough time with each other to really understand each other that much anyway. Although Arwen, like I said earlier, I think would be able to see that, you know, Eowyn is deserving of her own pity. But Eowyn, I don't think that really helps Eowyn. Now, on the other hand, I don't think that changes the story very much either because, like I say, they're not going to spend a lot of time together and the end result is going to be the same. She'll want to just go die in battle. So I disagree with them on the point, but I don't think it really changes anything one way or another. So that that's one aspect in which I disagree with them, although I don't, like I said, it doesn't really change a lot. Another specific area where I disagree with them is the idea that Arwen being present with Aragorn you know, will kind of show the burden that's on him. And, you know, he makes the point that, you know, Arwen is one of the things that he has to lose if he fails and that this would bring a lot of worry to Aragorn with her being present and whatnot. And I agree with him on the worry issue, but the thing about the story is it's written. Aragorn leading up to the Paths of the Dead is already getting a lot of that high destiny stuff thrown at him because... Halbarad brings word from Elrond reminding of a prophecy and, you know, the paths of the dead. And, you know, he looks into the Palantir when he's at Helm's Deep again. And he's doing all these things that, you know, this is where Aragorn really in the story starts to step into the role of, I am kind of the tool of providence and I'm about to do some really big things. And, you know, they're not pretty things. He acknowledges going through the paths of the dead is not something even he wants to do, but it's basically ordained and he's going to have to do it and he will do it. And he he doesn't want to do it, but he also trusts that he's going to succeed because of these prophecies and things in the past that basically seem to indicate this is just the way it's supposed to be. So he's already at this stage in the story got a very high destiny feel to him. And this is where it really gets into high gear as far as that goes, and it never really comes down out of that again. So Arwen showing up, yes, it would increase his worry, and yes, Arwen is the reason or part of the reason why he's doing all these things because he has to be king of Gondor and Arnor before Elrond will give Arwen's hand in marriage. But I don't think Arwen showing up really increases any of the the significance of what Aragorn is doing. If anything, it's just going to make him worry and therefore think less about his purpose and mission and more about her safety. And I don't, I don't think that works well in the story. Aragorn has to be kind of a free agent to act here without impediment. And, you know, that's, it's hard for him with Eowyn as it is, but if Arwen was there, I, I just don't see how that's going to work. And that actually kind of bleeds into one of my more general points about why I think adding Arwen in this way doesn't work as well. Aragorn, like I said, kind of has to be a free agent. And one of the things that Yoiston brings up is that Aragorn and Arwen are very parallel to Baron and Luthien in terms of their love story. And that's true, but there's also significant differences in the parallel that I think kind of work against adding Arwen into the story in this way. And the reason is, in the Baron and Luthien story, Luthien is just as much a protagonist as Baron is. And in fact, Luthien does most of the heavy lifting. Like, the only thing that Baron does kind of on his own is go enlist the help of Finrod Felagund 
and then he goes and gets captured by Sauron, and then Luthien has to rescue him. And then practically everything else from from that point on, Luthien is the one that's doing all the major things. Luthien, in a sense, is the hero of the story. It's really the reverse here, because Aragorn, to the extent that you know he's in his own story, is the hero of it, because... And here's where it gets really, really kind of nuanced and complex, because Aragorn is, in a way, a hero of The Lord of the Rings, but that's only insofar as his role in it is to, you know, be the war leader and become the king of a renewed Gondor. He's not the hero of the story, and to the extent that we see his part in the story, it's through the eyes of the hobbits, who are the real kind of protagonists. And so the idea that Aragorn is going to get a, a parallel role to Baron here is a little bit, I think, off. Because Baron and Luthien, they have a very unique relationship. There's something very special about what's going on with them. And that's not to say that what's going on between Aragorn and Arwen isn't special. But Baron and Luthien's relationship is a, a matter of fate and destiny. All the way down. You get the impression, you know, throughout the story, Baron first lays eyes on Luthien, and he's entranced. Luthien, the first time Baron manages to catch up with her and touch her hand, she's entranced. And from that moment on, their destinies are interwoven. There's nothing they can do about it. It's like fate is driving the bus. And Baron is kind of the instigator of what happens next, but it's Luthien who ends up being kind of the hero of the story. Aragorn is in a very different place. Aragorn, when he meets Arwen, he falls in love pretty quick, but then it takes a little longer for Arwen to fall in love with him, and we don't get the same sense of fate and destiny in their relationship that we do with Baron and Luthien. Most of the fate and destiny stuff, again, revolves around Aragorn being the future king of Gondor and Arnor, and therefore he's kind of the one that's driving this bus. He's the one who plays the major role. Arwen doesn't have the same role as Luthien because she's not in the same position. She's not this tool of providence in the way that Aragorn is. Aragorn is a tool of providence in the sense that he is renewing the kingdom that you know has fallen into disrepair and, and to a degree, even corruption, and renewing the kingdom of Arnor, which has long since ceased to exist as a kingdom at all. Arwen isn't playing any kind of role like that. Her role, to the extent that she has one, is Aragorn's motivation. That's that's largely what her role is. And that's not to say a different role couldn't have been written for her, but that would take a lot of rewriting and a lot of additional stuff thrown in there. Her role, if anything, is kind of the bringing the cycle around to a fresh cycle because again reunites, um, you know, brings a man and an elf together to kind of bring in the end of, you know, the Third Age and go into the Fourth Age. And it's kind of a nice parallel to what happens with Baron and Luthien because their offspring being a mix of man and elf leads to the Arendil story, which is important to the end of the First Age. And so there is a nice parallel there, but her role is not to gain the Silmaril, which is the reason why Eärendil can make it to Valinor and, you know, all this other stuff. This is a much lesser, although still important, 
age-ending event and Arwen's role in it is not necessary, really. And to the extent that it's even important, it's still not important that she be very active. So the idea that Arwen is going to be, you know, the like a parallel to Luthien, it has a certain truth to it, but it also, it's the the parallel is not so perfect that it really makes sense to add her in in this way. And here, another point that Yoiston makes is that Arwen, if she has any of the power of Luthien, would also be, you know, very capable of standing with Aragorn in dangerous situations in battle and whatnot. And here again, I think he's a little bit off. Yeah, Luthien faced danger, but Luthien we actually never see in battle. And in fact, the one... The one kind of area where we see Luthien not being the main role is when it comes down to fighting hand-to-hand. She faces werewolves and Karkaroth and does lots of really incredible things, but a, a melee fighter, she's not. That That's just not her role. And similarly, I don't think that's anything like what Arwen would be doing either. Plus, there's no real indication that Arwen did inherit anything like the power of Luthien. Luthien was a very unique individual. She was the daughter of Thingol, one of the original elves, and Melian, who was a Maya, straight up. And Arwen is several generations removed from that, so it's not clear that she's anything other than just an elf of significant stature, yes, but not the overweening power of Melian and her daughter Luthien. That said, maybe Tolkien could have written something in for her to have a significant amount of power and, and role, but there's nothing in the story to indicate that she does. And even if she did, again, Luthien isn't out there in hand-to-hand combat situations. She's not participating in battle. She doesn't go to the hunt of Karkaroth at the end of the story. That's just, that's not how Luthien's role in the story plays out. So I don't see Arwen participating in that way. Now, her being present is one thing. And of course, it's not like they had to do a whole lot of hand-to-hand combat in the early part anyway because the army of the dead did most of the work. So, I mean, you could still make that work. But then once you get to Minas Tirith, that actually is straight-up battle. And at that stage, I think you would have to see Arwen just kind of wait on the ship while Aragorn and his other friends and comrades do their thing because Arwen I just don't see participating in the, the battle. Eowyn participates in battle, but she also is kind of a unique character in this story in that way. We don't see women doing fighting for the most part, and Eowyn is an outlier. That's not to say that, you know, there couldn't have been more women who fought or anything. It's just that the the way this story is written, it's from a very traditional medieval style, you know, storytelling, and, you know, all the women and children of Gondor leave, leaving pretty much just the men and some healers. You know, similarly in Rohan, you get the impression that to the extent that women fight at all, it's because they don't have a whole lot of people to begin with. And like the people of Haleth in the Silmarillion, the women kind of have to participate sometimes just because there's not enough manpower. And so, you know, there's this very traditional role set for men and women for the most part in the story because, you know, your women... You want to protect them. That's that's the way you get your next generation. You can't afford to have them dying in battle. So Eowyn is a very unique thing in that regard. Similarly, I don't think Aragorn is going to risk Arwen's existence, you know, just to have him cl- have her close by in a battle situation. I just don't see that fitting the story. A few final points here. 
and this kind of connects, this first one kind of connects back to the previous one. Arwen is, interestingly enough, in some ways less parallel to Luthien and more parallel to Galadriel. And the reason I say this is because there's this nice little scene at the end when Arwen shows up where Gimli and Eomer finally settle their dispute as to the beauty of Galadriel, whose praises Gimli had sung to the point of threatening Eomer's life over it. Uh, and Eomer basically comes up and said, I'm not going to confess Galadriel the most beautiful of all women. I'm picking Arwen. And Gimli says, okay, fine. You know, you've chosen the evening, I've chosen the morning. Now, it's a really nice scene, but it also kind of plays up the parallel between the two. Neither of them really do a lot in terms of active role in the story. And to the extent that Gimli and Eomer are kind of having this almost fight over them, it shows that they're they're more like a Guinevere. You know, there's somebody to be fought for or fought over in 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 a good or bad way. Not so much a character who does things on their own. There's a certain amount of remoteness from the story that is kind of necessary to them being in those roles. They have champions who do things for them or people who do things for them because they're trying to win their hand or their favor or something like that. And Galadriel, of course, does have an immense amount of power, and she does do things kind of off stage, as it were. In the appendices, it tells us that she, with her power, kind of raises, you know, Dol Guldur. Not raises it, but, you know, I mean, just... She does something at Dol Guldur that seems significant and based on, you know, partly her own power and probably also the power of just having, you know, elven warriors. But she plays a role. We just don't see it. Similarly, Arwen plays some role. She you know, sows the the standard that Aragorn ends up raising. So she's playing a role. She's just not an active participant in most of the the center stage stuff. And so there's this sense in which she's a little bit remote, and this leads into my second point, which is there's a certain sense in which her remoteness from the story is actually very fitting. Because, like I mentioned earlier, Aragorn is kind of the 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 driver of the bus as far as their relationship goes because he's the one with the high destiny whereas with Baron and Luthien it was kind of a shared high destiny Aragorn here is really the one with the destiny and Arwen is I don't want to say just along for the ride because that's denigrating her too much but certainly she's not the one with a huge role to play in achieving the high destiny that Aragorn himself is trying to achieve so the interesting thing about that is Aragorn, as I mentioned earlier, is not the hero of the story, but is kind of a hero of the story because of his role. And the hobbits see this, but it's not center stage focus. And it's not, you know, even as to the hobbits, we get these hints like from Merry uh, and Pippin where they're talking after Aragorn has healed Merry in the Houses of Healing where they're talking about, you know, how they've landed in this situation with a bunch of really high things going on, and one of them says, we can't live long among the heights. Aragorn is already a little bit remote as to the hobbits. They get it, and they appreciate it, but they don't fully get it, and they're not fully a part of that. That's, in a sense, above where they are. It, it's 
too high for them because their lives and their roles are much more not mundane but you know simple is the best word i can think of it's not like simple in terms of like you know there's nothing to it but like their roles are lesser they're just not as high destiny type you know except for frodo himself and so to them aragorn is like this legendary hero type thing the way that we might think of king arthur and king arthur is remote as to us and then guinevere going back to my point about guinevere is remote as to arthur in some sense or lancelot because it's something beyond them arwen is beyond aragorn in a sense because of her lineage and her you know, they both have the same lineage in a sense, but she is much closer, and she being an elf is much higher. And therefore, Aragorn's role is to strive upward to Arwen, whereas, you know, he's already up from the Hobbits. And so, since the story is told from the perspective of the Hobbits, Arwen is like two levels of remove way high up there. And so there's a certain sense in which her remoteness from the story is very appropriate because she's like practically otherworldly as far as the hobbits go. The hobbits get very little interaction with high elves and technically Elrond isn't a high elf because he was never in Valinor, but he's pretty close and he's one of the greatest remaining elves in Middle-earth. And so his daughter likewise, who by the way shares a likeness with Luthien Tenubiel, we are told, is going to be yet again one of those characters who is just like way up there, kind of like Galadriel is. Galadriel plays a larger role in the story than Arwen, but you still get the sense of otherworldliness with her. There are certain characters, and most of them are elves, but also there's Goldberry uh, and Tom Bombadil, who are just like, you don't really know what to do with them because they're so different. And Arwen is one of those. Arwen... You know, we don't get the idea so much because we get so much description of her as being different, but it's it makes sense because she, being an elf of her stature, is going to be at that level to the hobbits. And so there's a certain sense in which the fact that she plays little role in the story fits because she is so far outside the realm of what the hobbits are worried about and doing, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to bring her in. It's going to distract from the main action because her, the main action centers around what Frodo is doing and then what everybody else is doing to support Frodo because I mean all the chapters with Frodo, Sam, and Gollum that's the center and then the chapters with Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, Merry, and Pippin all of that is like support roles. Arwen is like a step way beyond support role for Aragorn. She is his motivation which that's great and it's, I love the fact that we get the tale of Aragorn and Arwen in the appendices because that's kind of necessary to explain a lot of Aragorn's own motivations and story, but it's not necessary to the story itself. And if you put too much of it into the story itself, I think it would be a distraction. So while I do think, like Yoiston, I just don't see adding her in this way as being a good way to do it. I think it would have to be a lot more subtle and a lot more nuanced. 
And I'm not a very creative person, so I'm not going to try to come up with an alternate way of making it work as opposed to Yoiston. And I'm not going to claim that Yoiston's idea is a bad one per se because I can't come up with a better one. These are just the reasons why I think the way it's actually written makes more sense than Yoiston's approach. So that's pretty much what I had to say about that. So I'll leave it there. So I hope you enjoyed that video and I hope you, you know, hope this creates a good conversation out there. And maybe if there are some really creative people out there, you know, comment on mine or Yoiston's video about a different way of incorporating more of Arwen into the story. Because that could be really cool to think about because she does deserve a little bit more attention, I think. At any rate, if you did enjoy the video, please do give it a thumbs up and share it around. You can follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore for some occasional Tolkien-related trivia questions. You can also support me on Patreon and find me on Rumble and Odyssey. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and click that bell icon. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namadie.